I'm JG Michael, and this is Parallax Views. Hello, this is Mike Swanson. In a few moments, you're going to listen to another segment of Parallax Views. But before you do that, let me tell you about my new book, Why the Vietnam War. It's a sequel to my previous book called The War State, which has lots of positive reviews and Amazon's been out for years. But this one is a more detailed case study of how American Empire National Security State operate using Vietnam. And I believe it shows also how things work today, how policy is actually made and why. So grab the book on Amazon.com, Why the Vietnam War. This episode of Parallax Views is brought to you by the $10 tier and above supporters of Parallax Views on patreon.com slash parallaxviews. And those supporters get a producer's credit shoutout on each and every edition of the show. So producer's credit shoutouts to Mark, Arlen, Spartacus, Gunner, Ed, Gratz, James, Mickey, Brian, The Warner, The 42 Group, Nick, Emilia, Chase, Chris, Ork, Black Tuna, Nathan, David, Holland, Martin, Stu, Jeffrey, Thomas, Elliot, Colin, Michael, Matthew Ho, Brace, Galen, Chance, Justin, Nick W., and The Mere Project, M-E-E-R. Thank you again to all of those $10 tier and above supporters on my Patreon page. You can join them at patreon.com slash parallaxviews. It's those producers credit supporters that can really help this show keep going, and their support is very much appreciated. Hey there, Parallax Views listeners, on this edition of the program. By day, Jillian DeCourcy is a mental health counselor who runs her own practice. But by night, she's Jillian Lionheart DeCourcy, one of the world's top female competitors in the atom weight division of mixed martial arts. Earlier this year, DeCourcy scored a stunning knockout victory against Lindsay Van Sant in just a little over a minute of the fight's first round. And with that impressive victory, she has now earned a shot at the Atom Weight Division champion, Jessica Delboni, at Invicta FC 49 on September 28th, a main event match that you'll be able to watch on Axis TV or YouTube. Jillian recently took some time out of her very busy schedule between running her own mental health practice and preparing for her biggest MMA bout yet to speak with me about MMA, mental health, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get right to it with Jillian Lionheart DeCourcy. Welcome to Parallax Views, a guest that I'm really excited to be speaking with, a very accomplished uh, mixed martial artist, Jillian Lionheart DeCourcy, who is headlining uh, with uh, Jessica Dalboni, the upcoming Invicta 49 card on September 28th. So how are you doing, Jillian? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? 
Very good, very good. And I, I guess where I wanted to start was uh, talking a little bit about how you got into the world of MMA. I guess you started out, um, if I'm correct, in collegiate basketball and then sort of transitioned over into the world of MMA. I think there's an interesting story behind that probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like an athlete, like my entire life, I was always playing like sports, but every sport I played, like growing up, even through college, like always involved like a ball. Right. Um, and I was kind of done um, with college. I'm playing basketball within college. I was still playing like on like some club leagues um, around, um, but it just wasn't kind of doing it. And then um well, I know my boyfriends at the time had to, like, he wanted to get um, into doing, like, jujitsu and, like, Muay Thai. So I was like, ah, that sounds like a fun thing to do. Um, never would have thought that it would have, like, kind of grown into what it's become today for me. Um, it just literally everything kind of just happened. What was what was it like when you first got into it? What were some of the challenges you faced first getting into MMA? I think you, I, I've heard in other interviews that you, you faced an injury early on when you were first training in it. Maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Yep. Yeah. So when I pretty much I first started training um, within like the first like, couple months, um, I like kind of blew out my knee and I was sidelined for almost a year about. Um, and then it was just, it like it, there was never a thought of like oh no maybe this isn't for me because I got hurt it was like all right I want to heal up so I can get back to doing this um so I guess I kind of like was like in love with it right from the beginning what sort of drew you to it what what like drove you to keep uh at it and and what what is your love of MMA all about because I always meet people and, and I think this has changed in recent years I still meet people that say oh that MMA that's just that's like human cockfighting. And I don't think that's true. I think it's sort of an art form in its own way. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that, your love of MMA and the, the misperceptions people have about it. Um, yeah, I mean, you get that all the time. It's like, you know, people will be like, oh, you're too pretty to be getting like punched in the face and things like that. Or like, you know, why do you like to do this? Like, what is it about it? Um, I mean, the best explanation I have for a lot of people, like until you until you actually do it yourself, it's, it is a, something that can be very hard to understand. Um, and it's either, I feel like as a, an athlete, it's either something that you love or you're like, no, not for me, right? Like there's not really like an in-between with it because you, you do have to be okay with like getting hurt, right? Getting hit. Um, and if you're not okay with it, it's not going to be a sport for you. Um, from the fan side of it, I think there's, you know, it's people that can like see it as, as that, right. As a sport, as like a martial art, as everything that goes into, you know, behind it, where it's not just a, you know, a violent sport where people are just hitting each other. No, that's a, you know, that's a street fight. There's like so much training, so much background that goes into it. Um, so that's the pieces that I love about it. It's like, there's so much technique, so much things um, that people don't, see that going behind um getting into the cage and, and before fight night so you also you've competed in both uh amateur and professional settings i think in amateur you're uh eight and one and you've you've transitioned into professional so are there are there differences between the the sort of amateur and professional world maybe we could talk a little bit about that um i think the the biggest differences is like one like the the level um Hold on one second. My dogs are doing pains in the butt. Hey, stop it. Like, they always have to be, like, where I'm at. I'm like, guys, just had, like, an entire other place to be, and you're going to be right in my space. Um, so I think the biggest differences between, like, amateur and professional is just, like, the level, right? 
um, you know, you're fighting, you know, when you do with hopes that, hey, when you're fighting at the professional level, like everyone that you're competing against, everyone that that's also on that level is a professional. Um, on the amateur level, it's more, I feel like, like um, you can get some people that are aiming to be professionals, right? But there's, there's people that are just doing as a hobby. Um, so I think the biggest difference is like the jump um, and the level of it being like, hey, now it's not, um, it can still be just a hobby, but it's more than just that, right? Like, hey, this is something you should be taking seriously. So uh, another interesting topic I wanted to get into, uh, I know you also run a mental health practice. You do mental health counseling. And it's funny because uh, I, I had brought up that I was interviewing you to uh, one of my friends and they said, oh, mental health and, and MMA, those <laughs> seem different. But, you know, it's funny. I've talked to a lot of therapists that actually recommend some of their clients get into martial arts. They think it's helpful for uh, mental right. health. So could you talk a little bit about that? Do you have thoughts on that? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, people ask me all the time, like, um, cause a lot of therapists are in like therapy, right. To help, you know, you just, you just got to deal with your stuff so you can help others. Um, for me, like training, um, and martial arts that, that is like my therapy, right. That's how I deal. That's how I cope. Um, so I kind of work through things, um, and do it on the mat. So I think there is a huge component. Um, I've definitely had clients where I'm like, Hey, like it's something that you might want to think about. Like, um, you know, they have uh, an anger issue, right? I'm like, well, why don't you try boxing? Right. Why don't you try something where it's an appropriate setting? Right. Um, especially for like teenagers, like if you're naturally inclined to, you know, get into fights, well, why don't we, okay, we're, why don't we give you an outlet, right? Um, something positive, a space where it's like, Hey, you know what? You can hit the bag as hard as you want. You can, you know, you and you can learn to hone that in. Um, so I think that there is a a very like healthy mental aspect to martial arts and training. Yeah, if we if we could um expand on that a little bit more, I, I think there's a lot of aspects of martial arts. Like I, I think you have to be good with things like mindfulness to excel in martial arts. And and you know, you, you kind of meditation helps, I think. Uh, so could we talk about the the sort of mental health aspects that can help in being an MMA uh, competitor, an athlete? Yep. Um, I mean, there's a whole, like, if you just look at the the world of MMA now, there's a whole push on the whole, um, like, like mindset going into, right? Um, the psychology behind competing, right? Um, you know, mental training. Um, I think it's being like termed now, right? Where it's like, hey, you you spend all this time training yourself physically. How are you training your mind, right? Um, how are you making sure that you do have the right mindset coming in fight night? Um, and that is a whole a whole piece that a lot of like I think before really recently was just negated, right? It was like, oh, just you know, just stay in the gym, work out as much as possible, make sure you're in peak physical performance. Well, people weren't talking about like the anxiety that goes in, right? Like, leading up to fight night. Um, how do you make sure that you're mentally at your best so you can per- physically perform at your best? Um, so I think it's a it's a huge aspect that does need to get trained um, just as much, if not more. And if you're training yourself, that the mental side for, you know, your sport, well, you're also helping yourself in your everyday life as well because if they're not you know, they, they don't function alone. You take whatever you learn on the mental side for your sport. You can take that and bring that into your life. Going into a fight, how much of it is, you know, the, the physical aspect and how much of it is, is the sort of mind over matter aspect? What's the divide there? And what percent would you put on one side over the other? 
Um, I would say it's like as much as like 50, 50, right. Um, because you can, you, I mean, we see it a lot, right. Where we, where as like, as a fan, you can look and you'll be like, Oh, this fighter is definitely like, physically, they look better. Right. Um, their records better. Um, you know, their technique is better. They're just, they're all around, like on every physical aspect side of it, they're better. Um, but then we see them lose, right? Well, if you're physically, you know, better than your opponent on every level, the only the only piece that could make a difference is where you were at mentally, right? And if we're not mentally there, we're not at our peak come fight night, you're you're not gonna win. Doesn't matter how how physically well you are. Um, if you don't have it up up here in your head, you're 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 it's gonna be tough to pull off that win. Yeah, and I, I really, I'm glad that we were able to note that because I, I do think more people are starting to talk about that when it comes to mm-hmm. MMA. Uh, so for you personally, like when you go into, say your your last match, that, yep. you know, knockout with uh, Lindsay Van Sant, <laughs> which, uh, you know, I saw the video of that and I was like, wow. Uh, <laughs> how, how do you, how did you mentally prepare yourself for that, that matchup? Um, I actually did a lot of uh, mindset work leading up to that match. Um, I was reading a bunch of different mindset books, um, and really kind of putting into, into work, like some of the, the ideas and principles and not just kind of being like, oh, you know, yeah, I understand. Like, you know, the, the, the the psychology behind sports, the psychology behind, um, competing and actually like really kind of like doing a lot of reading and a lot of work within myself, um, to go into the fight as calm as possible and just being in the best headspace I, I think I've ever been in, um, in in any fight that I've gone into so far. So with that particular uh, fight with Lindsay, uh, that was, you know, a KO in, in about one, uh, one minute and one <laughs> seconds within the first round. What was, what went on, uh, with, like, while you were in the middle of, of the ring? And um, what was your reaction like when the knockout happened? Like, what, what was going on in your mental space? Um, it didn't feel real at all. Um, I like when I climbed up the cage and I, I like asked my, my boyfriend who I met at the top of the cage, like I asked him like at least 10 times. I'm like, is this real? Like, is this really just happened? Like, is this what we're, is this, this is real? Um, so it was, it was uh, very, sh- I guess like shocking. Like I, I knew I had it in me to be able to do that. But um, I mean, at Adam, wait, you don't really see that or hear that um happening like that um so it was kind of like oh oh my like my my little hand just did this <laughs> so how are you preparing for this next big fight uh, on the 28th uh with Jessica Dalboni and that that's going to be a big title match so um I mean physically I'm doing everything that I no- normally would do um just kind of obviously upping the the intensity a bit because it is um you know there's more at stake it's a longer fight right um super tough opponent uh, but I also put in where um you know since kind of just doing a lot of mindset work on my own um was helpful I actually brought on like a mindset coach to really make sure that um, my headspace is in the right space could you talk a little bit more about that like what what kind of work do you do with a mindset coach um before a fight yep so it's been a lot of just like um kind of focusing um not necessarily like on outcomes but like performance right because we can't we can't fully um control like outcomes right 
we can sometimes we do our best and you know it's what things happen right um so it's more focusing on like all the things that are within our control um and just like focusing on like the the strengths that we have right um what things do we bring to the table what do things um do we not and how do we how do you like make sure that come fight night like that's the space you're in where you're you know cool calm and collected so with regards to this upcoming fight it's interesting to me and i hope this a good way to word it but as i said earlier i think there's too many people especially in the past that just look at it as you know some brawling fight whereas right. I, I think mma is there has to be a lot of strategy that goes into it. You kind of have to know your your fighter's style and you have to know your own style. Right. You have to know how to be able to counter their style. And I uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about that, about the different fighting styles and sort of strategizing against your opponent before the match. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's the pieces that make it not just like barbaric, right? Where um, we're not just going out and like finding, you know, random people to get into like fist fights with. Um, there's lots of like training that go into it um, and where you're you're studying tape, right? Where you're looking at like your opponent's past matches. What are their tendencies? What are their strong points? What are their weaknesses? Um, and it's very, there's very, very cerebral pieces of it um, because that's a lot of like technical aspects where you're breaking down, um, you know, everything that you're good at, everything that they're good at and how, how can you try and, um, like capitalize on their their weak points right um and how can you make you you know maybe their strong points make your your pieces stronger so it negates it and it's all very very technical when it comes down to those those aspects of it i was going to ask too since you mentioned um you know there not being as many knockouts necessarily in atom weight uh, do you think sometimes the atom weight division gets maybe overlooked by some people because, you know, I, th I think a lot of casual people I know that, that watch MMA, they're, they're there for the, the knockout fight, but actually right. I'm, I'm one of the people that's really into the atom weight uh, <laughs> matches. So maybe you could talk, do you think it gets unfairly overlooked at times? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it's just, it like, I think it's like similar to like, I would say like the, the men's like 125 division, right. Um, where like the smaller weight classes just tend to be like, like, ah, like rush past, like, um, you know, uh, whatever, like, that's not going to be like exciting. There's not going to be like, you know, knockouts that people want to see. Um, but most of the time, the smaller weight classes, those fights are so much more technical, right? Um, and they're at such a fast pace and the technique that's happening in like the blink of an eye is, is unreal. Um, because when you're just naturally a, you know, a smaller fighter, one, you're going to be faster, right? Because it's just, it's just how it works out. Um, but then also the technique side, you have to be so much more technical in the gym because most of the time you're not training with people your own size. Everyone's going to be bigger just because there's not, you know, as many, as many people in the same gym going to be at 105 or 125, right? Um, keep up. Your technique has to be leaps and bounds be uh, above um, people in higher weight classes. And I think that's the piece that, um, you know, a lot of people don't see, right? That will watch those fights, watch the technique that's happening. Like it's, it's unreal. So you made your um, debut in Invicta on August 31st, 2017. I believe it was at um, Invicta FC 25 against Ashley Medina. And I was curious, not only how the landscape has changed since then, 
when it comes to female MMA and its prominence. Uh, but also, I, I guess, what was that initial experience like um, when, when you made your debut? Were you worried? Was there anxiety going into it? How did you overcome that anxiety if there was? I, I just want to talk a little bit about that debut, if you can think back on it. Um, there wasn't like much anxiety going into, I'd say it was more on um, like excitement, like, I'm like, wow, like, uh, I'm like making my pro debut for Invicta. Like this is this is pretty freaking cool. You went into it with like the positive mental attitude. Yeah, like it was something that was just very, very like, wow, I can't believe this is happening right now. This is like really awesome. Um, you know, there was definitely like self doubts, right? Of like, like, oh man, like, am I, you know, like, am I good enough to like be here? Um, but then it's just, you know, kind of checking yourself with that and being like, well, if you weren't good enough to be here, they, you would not have gotten signed to make your pro debut with Invicta. Like, it's just kind of how it works. Um, so it was more just like being like really excited and like really like, wow, like, you know what, like putting in all that work and, and you know, kind of spending a little bit extra time as an amateur, um, it paid off because, you know, I would say that's a, that's a pretty awesome debut to get to debut for Invicta. So then in regards to the other point I was making there about the landscape uh, from 2017 to now, what has changed uh, when it comes to the prominence of female mixed martial arts? Do you think there's, I mean, I feel like it's much more mainstream now uh, than it was in the past. I feel like Ronda Rousey and others have really broken open some doors. They broke through the glass ceiling. And I think it's much more accepted now. How do you feel about the landscape of, of female MMA today? Do you think it's, uh, I, I guess, more popular now, more understood? Um, yeah, I would say absolutely. Um, so like from the time like I made my pro debut like five years ago to now, um, I feel like it's a night and day difference with just like, how many female MMA fights you're seeing just on a regular basis, right? Just take a typical UFC card now versus five years ago, right? Five years ago, maybe if there was like one fight a card, you were like, okay, that was like a lot. Sometimes there'd be cards there wouldn't even be a female fight, right? Because they just didn't, there was, wasn't enough um, women that they had signed, not enough divisions that they had. Now, pretty much every card, I'm saying you're seeing about like at least three fights, three female fights per card and they're doing cards you know once a week now so that's a huge influx um in you know just female fights that you're seeing you know just at the ufc level um and even just on like the more regional shows you're seeing like most shows are having at least like one female fight um and when they are getting those fights there i feel like they're promoting them more right they're like oh look, look what we got here like this is awesome um, whereas in the past, it would just be like, oh, okay, here, we'll just throw you guys on on the undercard. And it was more like, eh, all right, yeah, here, go ahead, do what you got to do. Do you think there's also been a, a shift in public perception? Because I, I said earlier that I think there has been a shift in public perception about MMA. I, I think we're far mm -hmm. past the, the days of the 90s where right. John McCain was attacking it. Do you think there's also been a shift in public perception about female MMA uh, just on the public side, not even within the the promotions themselves. Um, I think I think absolutely. I think it's it is becoming more and more accepted, right? Um, I was actually just talking with one of my coaches um, yesterday about kind of like this idea where, like, it's a lot of people are even like preferring to watch like female fights, right? Because they tend to be a lot more technical, right? A lot more exciting. Um, you know, there's a lot more like fiery um, in the sense that are going into female fights most of the time. 
um, and you're um, just in general, it's not being viewed as like, oh, women shouldn't be doing this, right? It's like, oh, no, man, like, oh, you're a female fighter. That's awesome. Um, you know, so I, so I think in general, it's a much more positive response um, to women's MMA. So when you started in 2017, it, it, it seems like it may have been a different environment. Did you face any issues like, oh, I, I'll just put it bluntly. Have you ever faced issues like sexism in the world okay. of MMA? And and maybe could you speak to that issue? Yep. I mean, I, I've been pretty lucky in general, like um, just promotions I fought for, gyms I've been um, a part of, um, have been very, very open and just like that, none of that, none of that stuff really was going on. Um, but I know that's not the case for most, um, you know, females within, you know, mixed martial arts, um, you know, just martial arts sometimes in general, um, and especially not the fighting world. But, you know, on my end, um, you know, it's been, I've been like very, very lucky where I haven't, I haven't dealt with that. Um, if I did have to deal with it though, I definitely wouldn't tolerate it. And I'd be like, put people in their place. So um, I, I wanted to get into uh, your mental health practice a little bit more. What do you think about the state of mental health care in the United States? And I guess in particular, do you think, I know you've been an advocate for destigmatizing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the mental health issue. Could you talk a little bit about that? Do you think we are sort of destigmatizing mental health? Do you think there's less stigma now or do we still have a lot of work to do? Um, I think that was actually one of the one of the, the few positives that came out of like COVID um, is that the the necessity of like mental health care right and the that it doesn't mean like if you're going to see a therapist right or you're seeking care for your mental health doesn't mean that there's something like wrong with you right um and that it is it is becoming more socially acceptable um and i think that was because you know covid kind of brought to light like oh wow wait when like where people are backed into a corner when they're when they're faced with like major life stressors right they, they it's it's necessary um, and it also, I think it also showed like the holes within the system, right. And that how, how there really isn't enough, um, care for when people really need it. And, um, so I think we're, we're getting to a better place. I still think that there is like work to do in far, as far as like it not being stigmatized and that, Hey, you know what, just because like you're going to talk to someone, right. Or you're, you're seeking, you know, care to better yourself. That should be something that's like kind of like high fived instead of like made somebody to feel like, oh, they have to hide it. Right. Or like, oh, there's something wrong with me. No, absolutely not. Like, you know what? You recognize like, hey, something's not right. Something's off. Like, I'm going to go I'm going to go get somebody to, to help me like work through this. I mean, if someone has, you know, a medical condition, right, and they need to go to a doctor, and they need to go see treatment. They're not being, you know, ostracized for it. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm glad you're taking care of this. Right. Like you're putting your health first. Well, mental health, it's like, oh, you, you know, just, you know, just be a man, like take care of it yourself. Like, no, it doesn't always work like that. I, I always get very annoyed when people just say like, oh, you're, you're feeling depressed, right. uh, you know, man up. I mean, I don't know. I, I think part of being a man is is knowing when you, uh, or just part of being human is knowing when you need to ask for help or when you need to seek help. Right, right. I think that, the, I think that takes more courage and more um you know it it, it it it's brief right to be like hey you know what yeah i need help let me do this um 
it's not an easy thing to do. I think just being like a human being, right? Human nature is like, you know, we we just want to figure it out and take care of it. But sometimes like, it's like, nah, you know what I need? I, I need some help with this one. So in some of your other interviews, I've seen people say that um, your knowledge of, of good mental health must help with your doing MMA. Is the opposite also true? Is there anything you've learned from being an MMA that has helped with your mental health practice? I hope that's not a, a strange question. Yeah. No, 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 not at all. Um, yeah, I think absolutely. Right. Because like, I'm, um, you know, my, my thought processes is like always like, Hey, like everything in life is interconnected. Right. So no matter what we do, we, it can, it can either help or hurt us in other areas of our life. Right. Um, and I think for, for me, a lot of things like I'll learn like on the mat, right. Um, not just physical things, but like just interactions, right. Um, or just things you learn about yourself, right? Like facing adversity, adversity. How do you like overcome that? Um, and how can I kind of take my experiences through training, through through MMA, and like then maybe learn something and be able to bring it back to my clients? Out of curiosity, how do you how do you juggle the two sort of uh, careers that you have? How do you juggle doing the mental health practice by day and then? you know, fighting by night. I mean, obviously you're not fighting every night. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes like it's a, it's a, it can be a challenge, right? Because like, you know, like any, like anything, we're all human beings, right? So sometimes we have good days, we have bad days, right? And uh, bad days, sometimes you just want to like, we don't want to talk to anyone, we want to go high, but I'm like, all right, I got a caseload of like, you know, I got six clients I got to see today. I got to pull it together and <laughs> do what I need to do. Um, so for me, that's where like kind of going to the gym comes into play because it's like, all right, I can shake it out. And then I'm like, all right, I'm feeling good now. Like, you know, now I can, you know, I can be actually present for, for my clients. Um, and then the, the other side of it is, um, you know, for me, I don't, it's not something I like hide from like people, clients I see. Cause I'm like, I'm a human being, right. You're a human being. And like, in order for me to be a good therapist for you, like we have to connect on a human level. Um, so it's not something that I, I, I won't bring it up, but I mean, what do people do, right? We go to a doctor, especially if we're going to a therapist, we're going to Google them. Right. Um, so most of my clients already know some people actually seek me out, um, because they, you know, they Google before they even make a phone call and they're like, oh, wow, this is like somebody I feel like I can connect to, or like, oh, this person, like, they seem like a real person. Like, okay, I want to, you know, um, you know, I want to work with them. Um, so, you know, for me, I feel like it actually, um, like my MMA side actually helps, um, my therapist side. Out of curiosity, what's been your most, I guess, profound experience through all these years of competing in, in MMA? And, and do you think you've inspired anyone? If you had any experiences with people who have said, Hey, you know, I wanted to get into MMA because I saw you doing this. I mean, obviously, it's it, potentially you're inspiring a whole generation, uh, you right. and many other female fighters. So maybe you could speak to that and any experiences you've had with fans and whatnot. Um, there's not any one particular experience that kind of comes to mind right now. Um, but, you know, the, my I will actually I could say the I mean, the mo the coolest fight experience I've had was when I um, actually fought for Cage Fury. Um, they did a um, like a troops event and they did it down on one of the like the, one of the bases down in Virginia. Um, and that was definitely a um, hold on one second. Get over here. 
they like moved to another room and now they got to come back and be uh, ridiculous. Um, but that, that experience like fighting for Katri for their fight for the troops event, I think that was the, the coolest um, experience. Stop it. The, sorry about that. Oh. <laughs> um, the, one of the coolest experiences, not because of the fight itself, but because of having just the energy of all the troops there um, and just like how appreciative they were that like we came down and we put on like a show for them. Um, some of them were like young kids and just talking to them afterwards and just really kind of like bonding. Um, I still interact with a bunch of them that I met that night, like on social media. It's like super cool. Um, but then like in general, it's like usually like after a fight and stuff, you know, you kind of go into the crowd, you interact. Um, I love when like the, the young girls come up to me and they're like, oh, I want to try and start training or, you know, I, you know, I started doing kickboxing and like, you know, I want to, I want to be a fighter one day. Um, for me, that's like that, that means the world. Um, because I always try and be a, like a positive influence, a positive role model, especially with like social media nowadays and just the way um you know not not all but some like female fighters present themselves where they're it's like showing you know skin and things like that like I don't think that that's what we should be portraying to the younger generations it's like no hey yeah you know have your girly side do what you got to do but like you know that you don't have to do that to be like a good fighter like hey you can still kind of be a nice person you can be respectful um and that's the side that I try and like portray and keep you know, hopefully I kind of pass that message along. Do you, do you think you are inspiring sort of a, um, an up and coming younger generation? Well, Invicta yourself and other uh, fighters in Invicta. Um, I would, I would like to hope so. Um, Cause I really do try and just put that presence out there, whether it's like on social media or like it's through interviews um, or even just like interacting with fans. Um, I try and always just try and be myself and, you know, be nice, be respectful and like show that, Hey, you know what? You don't have to go like that, the, the Conor McGregor route. Um, you know, you can, you can be a nice person and still, you know, make it in the sport. So I just had maybe um, one or two more questions and um, the next one's been an odd one, but I, I've thought about it because I've known um, a few women who, who would get involved with uh, MMA training and whatnot. And I've known that there's guys that they'll, they'll try to get with, and the guys are, are like, I guess, put off by it or they're intimidated by it. Uh, do you think uh, guys' attitude towards female MMA is, is changing too, though? I Because I think there are guys that uh, they're like, oh, I don't know. I, I She's into MMA. She, uh, she'd probably kick my ass. But I, I don't know. I think that's changing too in some ways. Um, yeah, I think so. And I mean, my view of it always is, is like, Hey, if like somebody has that attitude, right? Then all right, that's probably not somebody I want to be interacting with anyway, right? Um, but I think in general it is like overall getting better. Um, I mean, may, like one of my main gyms, like most of the time, like when I'm fight training, a lot of times I'm training with the guys and they're like right there, like, oh, you need a round, I got you. Um, you know, and it's like, you know, it's kind of very mutual. It's not like treated any differently. It's like, nope nope, we're all working towards the same goals. Like whether you're a guy, whether you're a girl, like we're all here, you know, to work towards a goal. So like, let's support each other and, and make it work. So in regards to the uh, upcoming fight, is there anything you want to maybe say about it beforehand? Um, anything you would say to promote it? Because it seems like it's a big deal and I'm looking forward to seeing it. 
Um, it's definitely um, like a big deal, right? Um, I mean, I think it's, I think uh, Jessica and I are like really well matched. Um, so I think it's going to be a super, super exciting fight. Um, and, you know, it's, it's an atom weight fight. So like we were talking about before, right? That means like, you know, nonstop action and we're just going to be going, going, going for 25 minutes. So um, if you like exciting fights, it's definitely one to tune into. I was going to ask too, uh, because I've always wondered about this. How do you go about um, pacing yourself uh, during a match? Because I, I know some people uh, will tell me that, you know, you really have to pace yourself in in any kind of MMA because you don't want to get gassed early on in the match. Right. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Um, I mean, my idea of it is, is trying not to think about that too much, right? Um, because the downfall is that if you're focused too much on pacing yourself, um, then that means you're, there's, there's a good chance you're going to hold back, right? Um, there's a good chance you're not going to maybe take, take, um, take over like when you need to, right? Cause you're like, all right, wait, I got to pace. I got to pace. Um, my, my view of it is, is like, you know what, like just fight how you fight and you spar in the gym. Right. And if your conditioning's up to par, you'll be all right. Um, and if you're too worried about getting tired, you're going to get tired just worrying about getting tired. Right. So you might as well just go. And I think it's also like knowing yourself, right? Um, are you someone that gets better as the fight goes on, right? Or are you someone like, hey, you know what? Like, no matter how good your conditioning is, if you don't finish it, you know, quickly, you're going to struggle. Um, so it's kind of knowing yourself. Um, I'm definitely someone that, you know, I, I feel like I get better as the fight goes on. So I don't really worry too much about getting tired. I'm like, I haven't had a fight yet um, where I've gotten tired. So I don't. Um, I don't plan to get tired. So in closing, I, I guess I wanted to um, maybe get your thoughts on if I have listeners that are that are thinking of getting involved in MMA or listeners that maybe are looking for some good mental health advice. What, what would your advice be on both those issues? Uh, what, what's the advice you usually give to people that are thinking about getting into MMA or just overcoming personal issues in their life? Yep. Um, so advice for like getting into MMA is I would say just just find a gym, right? Find a local gym that like has a good reputation. Um, and by good reputation, that doesn't mean that like, oh, they have a bunch of like professional fighters or, you know, high level grapplers or anything like that. It's more just like um, having like a good, a healthy environment, right? Um, you know, go check out the gym, right? Like, do you feel like, does it, does it give you like a good like vibe check? Um, do you feel comfortable there? Um, if you're a female, is there any other females to work with? If not, like what is, is the gym open to, to females? Um, and if you're like, you go to a gym, you take a trial class and you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not really sure about this place, but try another one. Um, because not every gym is the same, not every, and it's, it's more important that it's a place that you feel comfortable with than the level of, you know, maybe some of the other people that train there. Um, and as far as, you know, mental health, um, don't be ashamed of it, right? Don't feel like there's something wrong with you because every person on the planet at different points in our life, like need we need, we need help getting through something, right? Or working on something. And it's if you're able to recognize it, then that's the piece that's most important, right? And it doesn't matter what anybody else says because you're doing something to better yourself. I just wanted to add to, and, and I, I'm sorry if I'm keeping you over really long. But no, I'm, you're good. Since you mentioned... Um, going to the gym and whatnot. You know, it's funny. I've met people in the past that 
like are, are wanting to get into shape now. So they're, they're trying to go to the gym more, but mm-hmm. I've, I've also met people that they want to, but they have like this anxiety about going because they're not in shape right now. Yeah. And I always tell people, I'm like, gyms are probably the most, um, like oddly inclusive places. I think everyone like wants to help you when you start going right. out to the gym. Um, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And that, but that's like a finding the right place, right? If you walk into a gym and you know, you're being judged and, and that, well, you know what, that's not a place you want to be anyway. Right. So that's a good, that, that's like a good, uh, red flag right off the bat where you're like, yeah, no, you know what, this isn't the place for me. Um, it, most of the time that is the case, especially within like martial arts gyms, right? doesn't matter if you're, you know, in the best shape of your life or you're just like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm just trying to get off the couch and make myself healthier. Well, a, go- a good place, a good gym is going to be like, hey, well, that's what we're here for. We're here to help you get where you want to be. And, you know, if you're only able to do maybe, you know, five minutes of a class your first day. All right. You know what? You do five minutes the first day. Maybe the next day you're like, oh, I got six minutes in. Um, and every day you get a little bit more. Well, you know, it just should be a place that's encouraging for that. I also have to ask, because it, it just popped into my head when you mentioned um, Conor McGregor earlier. You know, I, there's fighters like McGregor and um, fighters in the past, like War Machine and whatnot, that I, I think they have their own personal issues and, and people <laughs> see them on this sort of public um, right. scale, right? So I think at times I've met people that have like a weird stigma about MMA fighters thinking that, oh, these people all just have mental health issues. What do you think about the stigma some people put on MMA fighters? Because I think it's very unfair to say, oh, because Conor McGregor's like this, they must all be right. like this or, you know. Um, I think it's just that that's what happens with anything, right? Where, you know, you get, you get a few fools that act a certain way and that's what gets the attention. And then it means, oh, you know what? Everybody that does this, this is what, this is how they are, right? Um, where that's where I, you know, my, my goal, a big piece of what I try and pass on is that, no, you don't have to behave like that. Right. Um, you can be yourself. You can be nice. You can be respectful and still, and still do your thing. Yeah. Self-control and confidence and being respectful, I think is all part of, uh, being not only a great person, but I think it can also help in being a great fighter. Absolutely. Um, cause if you're, if you're too busy running your mouth, right? Like, well, you're, you're overcompensating for something. <laughs> yep. Amen to that. And <laughs> I want to thank you again, Jillian Lionheart DeCourcy, for coming on Parallax Views. Everyone should really check out Invicta FC and Invicta FC 49. It's going to be a great fight. Thank you again, Jillian. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that does it for this edition of Parallax Views. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jillian Lionheart DeCourcy and that you'll be watching her match, the main event, at Invicta FC 49 as she challenges Jessica Dalboni for the Atomweight Division Championship. You can watch the fight on YouTube or Access TV on September 28th. Bell time for the show, 8 p.m. Eastern. As always, if you appreciate the work I do here at Parallax Views, please, please, please consider supporting me on Patreon at patreon.com slash parallaxviews. One more time, that's patreon.com slash parallaxviews. 
And with that being said, until next time, you've been listening to Parallax Views with Parallax Views to Parallax Views with The way out is not simply to say don't do it. That's to prohibit. If nothing else, if we don't do it, others will be doing this like crazy. So, you know, we have to confront the problem. But no, basically, basically, I'm, I know of the great anxiety problems, new forms of control, but it's also new forms of freedom. This is why I always emphasize that uh, uh, internet and all this new digital stuff It's a very ambiguous phenomenon, but it's the field of struggle. New forms of enslavement, but at the same time, new incredible forms of freedom. We have to accept the fight with no nostalgia for old, allegedly more authentic communities or whatever. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid.